those feelings are real and mm -hmm. they're big. Yeah. And to, and to try not to minimize, which in the moment, uh, as a parent and as a teacher, I've wanted to do. Because I just want to get through this. Right. I just want this to go. And right. Can, I just, I just want need to go, go to school. Right. Totally. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello everyone, welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Dave Mulder. I'm Abby DeGrout. As always, we want to thank you for allowing the three of us to be here with you. I want to thank you for joining us in the hallway this week. Each week one of us brings a question and we try to think creatively around it in the context of what it means to teach Christianly. We are good friends who love each other and love engaging each other in conversation about our practice. And our deep hope is that you are enriched and encouraged in your own work and maybe even in your own everyday walking around life. And while we have a long list of topics we want to talk about, we want to know what hallway conversations you would like to hear. So if you have ideas or questions or feedback even about this podcast for us, or simply want to share what hallway conversations you're having, please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. It's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Today's question actually comes from one of our listeners on the east coast of Canada, uh, also known as the Maritimes. I believe Prince Edward Island. That's right. Um, so this question comes from Loretta, so here's the question. I'm Loretta Anderson from Prince Edward Island, Canada. I teach first and second grade at Emmanuel Christian School in Charlottetown, PEI. And honored to ask the question for today's podcast. Since teaching and supporting students is so much more than just teaching academics, as you've talked about so often in many of your conversations, my wondering for today is I'm wondering how can teachers support social and emotional development in the classroom? Can't wait to hear this conversation. Thanks for the, thanks for the question, Loretta. First of all, before we answer the question, I just want to say, Loretta, that it is my dream to come to Prince Edward Island. Me too. Um, it is, oh, man. from everything I've read, everything I've watched about it, is one of the most beautiful places um, in Canada. And uh, so anyways, thanks for your question, Loretta. I just want to really confess that this is an area of growth. I think for all three, all three, uh, three of us. Of us. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. like this is, when I hear this question, I'm... I'm as intrigued by this conversation, just in my own learning and mm -hmm. in my own growth, um, but I also come recognizing that there's a big gap and and lots of room for lots of room for growth in this area. So, Abby, I, I know you say the same, but I'm gonna I start with you if that's yeah. if that's okay. And uh, what what are some thoughts that come to your mind? Right, and I'd say my kind of biggest in to this topic is, is twofold. One, just parenting, right, which will <laughs> teach you socio and emotional learning yeah. quickly. Um, and, and just from, with we, we are nearing the end of my children's school year, and the days are long, and they don't want to come inside anymore. And we had a morning where I needed to put some of my socio and emotional learning skills mm. to use, right? Yeah. So, um, because those emotions are real and you have to you have to learn how to validate 
those and respond to them as parents. So that's kind of one of my approaches. And also um, I teach our development course here, so our ed site courses. And so we talk a lot um, with um, future teachers about what it means to teach the whole child. And we actually, in my intro to ed site class, right, we go through domains of development. We have a whole chart of physical development, cognitive development, socio-emotional development, spiritual development, language development. What does that all look like? How do those interplay? We, we mm. use the terms um, splintered, right, development. Mm. So students can be really just making beautiful progress in one of those domains and be really struggling in another. And to recognize that um, we kind of use um, the illustration of what are, I'm I'm going to appeal to you, Dave, the math guy. What are those beads that you can put on the... Oh, like on an like abacus. Abacus, yeah, right. yes. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word, right? Yeah. So so you have kids who are way over here in one area and way over here in other areas. Sure. And you also have in your class students who are at all different places all at once, right? right. So it's just this myriad of development and how those domains interplay and you can't ignore any of them. And just hearing you say that makes me think of the years that I spent as a middle school teacher and you see probably the most diversity in yeah. all these developmental domains at any time in their schooling, like seventh graders, man, like I've had seventh grade homeroom for all these years and I, you see that playing out, yeah. right? Kids who are developing very rapidly physically but they might be behind, so to speak, right. my air quotes, uh, right. in terms of their social and emotional development or their spiritual development, right? Yes. And, and yeah, how those impact each other, it all matters. Yeah, it does. They, there's interplay there. Right. They, they all are, are playing back and forth, right? Because if I don't have the socio-emotional skills that I need, that impacts my cognitive ability to learn right. things in a classroom, right? Yeah. Or um, if I have physical insecurities, mm -hmm. that's going to impact my socio-emotional health. Um, so it all it all interplays inside the student and then in your classroom mm -hmm. it's so seeing that all um, and that's kind of where I come to this conversation but also admit that when I was a practicing k-12 teacher um, while I think implicitly I practiced some socio-emotional learning sure. goals with students I don't know that I had language for it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, I, I think about that too I no, like I know there's a, a focus on socially emotional learning and development and um, even though there's more of a focus I think it's always been important right but there's more language to it and I think about my own teachers you know growing up is that whatever they wanted to call it, they intuitively <laughs> yeah. knew um, some intuitively knew the importance of care um, that allowed all the other things to happen in the right. classroom that right. when you feel cared for and, and safe and um, but it does make me realize, right, like, in some ways, the focus on social-emotional learning, in some areas, if I'm honest, I've seen some pushback on this a little bit. Or sure. People. But, but I, I do have, I do think, like, as teachers who, who are followers of Jesus, this, is, this isn't really an, an option for us. Like, mm -hmm. this isn't a, I, I can or I can't or... It's, it's, if this is who these children are created to be, like we're created to be emotional beings mm -hmm. and we have yeah. needs. And, and to, dismiss, to dismiss the importance mm -hmm. of this um, doesn't, doesn't diminish the academics. That, right. That, right? That's right. Dave, you always say, this is a school, that's what we're here for. Yeah. But in some ways, I think it actually honors that part, right? Yeah. Like yes. for that to happen, we need to also care for the whole child. And, and as children of God, like I said, they're, e they're emotional 
beings and to not deal with it is, is in some ways for me to, to, den to deny the image of God that is, is, right. that, is, that is in them. So in some ways it's to, to deal with it is, to, is not only important for there, but it's also to validate, validate who they are as children of God. Hearing you say that, Matt, I remember I had a conversation, this was years and years ago, the, the principal of the school I was teaching at, um, and I had had a conversation, you mentioned pushing back a little yeah. bit against this idea of social emotional, and you're right, I always go like, well, we're a school, first yeah. of all, we're about academics, mm -hmm. and we were having a conversation about that, and, and my principal's comment to me was, David, I was teaching middle school, if you can get these middle schoolers socially and emotionally and spiritually through that time of their life, and you hope they learn something too, Call it a success. Yeah. And I remember feeling appalled yeah. that he even said that. Like, yeah. but we're a school. Yeah. But I think he's right. Like, yeah. looking back, if we're neglecting mm -hmm. those pieces of it, yeah. like, we have to. We yeah. have to right. address these things. Because school is formative, right? We say that yes. all the time, right? If we're forming students, how can we not care about those just integral parts right. of their being? Mm -hmm. No, and it also makes me realize, like, you know, like, I especially during this past year, which is the most complex, you know, the last 12, oh, yeah. 15 months of the most complex years, of, you know, a couple of years of education. But it, but it also makes me realize, like, for for some, how school is just a hard place to be, right? Like, I, mm -hmm. I can remember saying to some students this year, and um, that for some students, school is the safest six or seven hours of their day and how sure. they're going to nurture and care and, and teach and, and the reality is for those other students it's the hardest it's the hard six or seven hours mm -hmm. of their day where they just they just want to be home and um, i've seen that in in my own family this year you know we've moved to a different country we've moved to a different school so all of it like and, and uh, a daughter entering the school system where she she knows very little people mm -hmm. and school is a hard place for her to be and she's okay for for me to, sh to share that and and even just having you know one teacher not that long ago where she was almost apologetic that she she missed she's missed a number of days and and he said to her he said you know like don't worry about the days Miss, like, I'm so proud of all the days that you've been here because yeah. I'm sure this mm -hmm. has been so hard. And just that feeling of, of validating, mm -hmm. of saying, yeah. it for her to hear from an adult, it makes sense to me that this was such a hard year for you. Let's celebrate the good things that have happened. Mm. Man, she needed to hear that. And yeah. as a parent, you, you pray for that. Oh, yeah. Um, that someone just acknowledges the hardness of things. Um, Abby, I know you've, yeah, you do this with your own kids. Well, this has so been a big well. piece of learning for me, actually, <laughs> in the last year, right, is thinking through the seeds that I'm planting in my own kids and, and what I want them, what I want my girls, for example, to, um, the internal dialogue I want them to have at 16 when they're having a feeling or something in their gut that says this isn't, this mm. isn't right, this isn't the way that it's supposed to be, and if I have constantly told them you're fine, Stop, mm. you know, stop crying. You you are, it's not a big deal. It's not, just get over it. Yeah. What's going to happen when they're 16 and they're in this situation yeah. with friends and they have a feeling in their gut that something is not right? Do I want their internal dialogue to be, it's fine. Ooh, I just need yeah. to get over it. It's probably not a big deal. Yeah. Or do I want them to be able to trust yeah. the feelings that they are yeah. having and expressing when they're eight? Right, and so I've tried to. There's a couple of lines that I we've talked about, right? That I've tried to insert into my lexicon. Like I believe you, 
this doesn't mm. feel right. I said that to my five-year-old this morning. <laughs> right? When yeah. I really wanted to leave. <laughs> and how does he respond to that if I can You know, yeah, so like... this morning he was on, he was literally on the floor. And, mm. it, like, it was him and it was my dog. <laughs> and they were on the floor. And he was, he just, it was his last day of preschool. And I don't know if that's where mm. this is coming. He was tired. We were up late last night at summer, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. he just, he just was having a hard time. And I said, you're just having a hard time, buddy. Something doesn't feel right. Do you just need to be held? And he shook his head and he climbed into my arms, right? And I could just feel it. All he needed was for me, when I was like, I'm sure school will be great. That wasn't working. Yeah, totally. Right. You know, he needed me to say, I see that something yeah. isn't right here. Yep. I believe you. Let's get through it. And then after, like, literally five minutes later, I took a picture of him that I posted on Instagram where he's, like, <laughs> beaming, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he just yeah. needed that validation to be able to come out of that. Which makes me think of the story I just shared about my daughter, yeah. right? Like, just have an adult, mm. you know, my, I my see kid, you. totally, my kids will always say, mm -hmm. I feel seen right now. Yeah. But in a sense, yeah. that is what it is, right? I Like, I see you, I understand, like... It makes sense to mm -hmm. me that you feel that way. And, yep. and there's no buts about it. There's no, I, you know, I understand you feel that way. Now let's get to school. No, like, mm -hmm. it just makes sense to me. Let's just pause for, pause for a second. Okay. So now I'm going to push forward. I'm not yes. pushing yes. back. Yes. So yes. on Twitter, and I'm on Twitter too much, you guys, but uh, <laughs> the, the problem that it's I separate Twitter, podcast. that's a whole other time. Yeah. Uh, you only get it 280 characters at a time, right? Yeah. So of course it's going to be sound bites, but there is so much dialogue and discourse on Twitter about social emotional learning mm -hmm. today and it just seems so fraught in so many ways yeah. and people want to politicize this right away and like I, that's not what I'm getting at here but the the phrase I keep seeing is Maslow before bloom you got to do your Maslow before mm -hmm. you do bloom. and what people mean by that I think is okay Maslow's hierarchy of needs and people right. have physical needs and they have safety needs and they have psychological needs and hopefully eventually they reach self-actualization yeah. right so you got to deal with their needs before you can do blooms would be like Benjamin Bloom Bloom's taxonomy right, right? like levels of thinking higher order thinking right. skills and, right. and I like I appreciate where people are coming from when they say that but I just want to yeah. But can't it be both of those at the same right. time? And maybe that's my short-sightedness and my lack of understanding of this. But it's like, I don't think these have to be mutually exclusive, uh -uh. that we can address both the academic demands of school right. and address social and emotional needs at the same time. Does that seem mm -hmm. right, or am I way off in left? Call me out in left no, field if no. I'm, like, wandering away here. <laughs> it, no? it, it makes sense to me, right? And and how how are those, how is good pedagogy connected to socio-emotional learning yes. how are those how are those the same and intertwined and not separate parts of the day thank you for naming it that way because yeah. i think that's what i'm really trying yeah. to say like yeah. what what are we doing then in the classroom in terms of mm -hmm. our pedagogy yeah. that actually enhances and supports this kind of social emotional development right right and but i don't have any answer for that no but, but, it does, <laughs> but it also makes me think then what like how are we you know, what, what are we defining? Or like, where is learning taking place? Like, mm. part of that sometimes I wonder if like, well, if I'm not doing the formal curriculum, right? Then right. am I not? Am I not doing? You know, then I'm not doing. Then I'm not blooming anymore, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Whereas, whereas, as I think, like something simple like a uh, a check-in circle mm. in the morning, right? Like I, I've just become such a big believer. Right. I, I was in a school where. Um, where, you know, I've mentioned 
um, Ashley Bowker before every morning a, a campfire question. We would yeah. I could literally go every class for almost every morning. There would be a, a check-in for, for ten or twelve minutes now. Now, some people might say, well, that's that's nozzle, but I would also say, yeah, but that's also bloom. Like, there's also higher mm -hmm. order thinking going there. You're learning about yourself. You're learning yeah, about others. Yeah. You're learning to articulate your emotions and your feelings. And, and to me, that's good pedagogy, right? And so, right. so maybe part of it is, I think when we, my wonder is when we talk about you have to Maslow before you bloom, is if we're seeing social emotional learning as, as sort of an add-on. Like, mm -hmm. this is something I have to do to get to that. And there is, I do think there is a bit of that, right? Like, yeah. there is a bit of knowing your kids. Like, school kids are coming to school with um, trauma. They're coming out of hard mm -hmm. stories. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, you, and you just can't simply say, well, I'll take care of you by teaching a good, le a good lesson and mm -hmm. don't worry about your emo don't worry about your emotions. Like, I think that it can be, I can do that quite easily, actually. Sure. Right? Like, I'll, I'll work it through. It is a both and. But sometimes seeing it as a both and my worry with it a bit is sometimes that it becomes an excuse to not do it. Right. Or just say, I do this through my teaching. Yeah. And if you're yeah. going to do it through your pedagogy, boy, you better plan for it within your pedagogy. That it has and not, to be And not yeah. assume that, that it's going to yeah. happen. Like, That's true. Uh, like, hey, I love building relationship through pedagogy, through teaching and, and learning. But again, those check-in circles become really important, yeah. right? And yep. um, they allow you to do other things around Bloom that you wouldn't be able to do mm -hmm. if you didn't if you didn't spend the yeah. time yeah. there. So, so in that sense, they both ha I think they both happen at the same time. But, but I also think if you go straight to straight yeah. to Bloom, yeah. are you actually how where are you going to get on that taxonomy? Yeah. Because hey, like if I don't feel cared for and I have needs and Part of that is then getting to know your students, right? Like, mm -hmm. like you know, we can think about that as a faculty. What does Dave Mulder need today is different than what what Abby DeGroot needs today. Like, you you sent us a podcast, Abby, that I, I thought was absolutely mm -hmm. fascinating. I think we're going to put a link to it on yeah. our, on our, on our page tonight. And they, the person that was speaking was Nicole Batiste, I believe was was her name, and and she had this one. She had it was it was incredible. So. Um, I thought the whole podcast, professionally and personally, was an encouraging and challenging. But she this one line where she talked about this idea of like, um, you know, where we sometimes use this line of, um, hey, I treat my my kids as my own, and I get the sentiment of that. I've said it myself, right? Like I love them students. so much. Yeah. yeah. So I treat my students as as my own as I would treat my own children. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because the push the pushback the push forward on that was sort of actually don't treat your children as your own because you what your children need is different what that ch what child needs mm -hmm. what Dave mm -hmm. needs is different than what Abby needs is different than than what what Matt needs and that's where I guess for me when when you focus on the relationship and and the, and the math then you say what what do these students need mm -hmm. that will allow yeah. me to get to all those other things like you can't get out the door to school to do all those mm -hmm. other things until your son hears, I believe you, or, yeah. or for my daughter to say, for my daughter to hear from uh, Mr. Bayama, I'm proud of how often you were hearing mm -hmm. that. That allows so many other other things to happen. So yep. yeah, I, so I I understand the push forward on it, Dave. I also want to make sure that we don't use it as an excuse to bypass it. Correct. I, I agree. Does that make sense? Totally.
I like that. I think too, um, one area that is important when talking about socio-emotional learning, I think, with students that we need to recognize is that it can be hard on teachers mm. to stay stay calm and to stay socio-emotionally healthy in the presence of really hard things in students' lives and the behavior then that they use to communicate that those hard things, mm -hmm. right? And that's something I think I struggled with as an as a beginning educator. Mm. Oh, um, yeah was was being reactive to students behavior yeah. instead of seeing what's underneath that behavior yeah. and and the real the issues of the problems or the the things that needed to be seen in those students sure well it, it makes me think now going back to, to the other podcast that i listened before we recorded this where there's this line of like oh where nicole uses batiste uses this line of all behavior is, is communication mm -hmm. right like what is your son communicating in that mm -hmm. moment or my daughter or like mm -hmm. even understanding that in a classroom that, you know, and sometimes, I, I think especially when I started teaching, it was not I took those things personally. Like, this is something mm -hmm. right. that has to do with me, or what am I doing wrong, or like, why aren't they respecting the office of teacher? Yeah. When, when in reality, it's like, this actually, for the most part, has nothing mm -hmm. to do with you. Like, the, this is about that, right? Right. Mm -hmm. and, and whether you get to know what the that is or not, it, it, it rarely has to do with school or, mm -hmm. or with you, with yeah. you as, as a teacher, right? So I thought that was a really, really important line is like, hey, what is this student communicating to me and what can I communicate back that will, that will help them, mm -hmm. help them in, the, in that moment? Um, and I keep coming back to what you said, Abby, about, hey, those feelings are real and mm -hmm. they're big. Yep. And to, and to try not to minimize, which in the moment, uh, as a parent and as a teacher, I've wanted to do. Because I just want to get through this. Right. I just want this to go. And right. We can, I just, I want just need to go, go to school. Right. <laughs> yeah, I totally. Gotta get there. <laughs> totally. Right. And so, oh. no, I, I really appreciate But yeah, that. so often when you try to do that and, and rush through that, it, it backfires, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the podcast that we're talking about is actually hosted by one of my friends from grad school that I um, go you. to the University of Florida with, yeah, Donald Nicholas. Um, and I, the, the person he in interviews, Nicole, has a, a website that she's created for teachers. So it's called Hub for Helpers, and mm -hmm. um, it's also, she has an, a Facebook page where she has a lot of really helpful information posted for teachers to seamlessly mm -hmm. integrate these kinds of tools like yeah. you're talking about these zones of regulation, right? Just yeah. printables yeah. and where are you and naming emotions um, yeah. and just like there's a cool like what's your wh what are you today like with little to with little like clothespins that you can put around yeah. a circle oh. so you know things like yeah. that that are just tangible tangible and easily integrated yeah. into everyday so I encourage you we'll put a link there but yep. check that out too but there's a ton of really good resources there yeah. as well no thanks I just want to I want to say Thanks to you for sharing that and just the yeah, encouragement totally. and wisdom. And I encourage everyone to go from this podcast to that. They one. have a lot more expertise than we do. Yeah. <laughs> Things so that we go know listen. about but don't know what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Friends, we know that your time is valuable. We want to thank you. We want to thank Loretta for your question mm -hmm. today. We want yes. to thank the rest of you for joining us for another hallway conversation. Whether it is this day, this week, this month, this school year, we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand of standing need of this day and to end your well. 
We want to thank you for the good God-delighting work you're doing in your schools and for the way that you care for your students and the way that you love them. And as you go into this week, we just want to bless you and say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual hallway conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening.